When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I know you all feel it too, that tightness in your chest, pit in your stomach, worrying about Damar Hamlin. Like us, you've been checking social media for any update you can find, turning on your TV, hoping for the best news on Hamlin. And believe me, I wish we could give it to you. As of right now, he remains in critical condition after a cardiac arrest. I'm praying for a miracle for DeMar to wake up and see the beautiful support he's received from across the world for this young man who is so selflessly given to those in need to be able to live a full life. I can't stop thinking about DeMar's mom, Nina, who was in the stadium and ultimately rode in the ambulance to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. She's in a nightmare no mother should have to endure. Thinking of his dad, Mario, and nine-year-old brother, Demir. DeMar is his hero. I'm heartbroken for the players who saw what no one ever imagined seeing on that field, a jarring reminder of the fragility of life. We love this game for so many reasons that don't seem important right now, as that love has morphed into fervent hope for DeMar Hamlin's life. The family released a statement this afternoon that read, on behalf of our family, we want to express our sincere gratitude for the love and support shown to DeMar during this challenging time. We are deeply moved by the prayers, kind words, and donations from fans around the country. We also want to acknowledge the dedicated first responders and healthcare professionals at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center who have provided exceptional care to DeMar. We feel so blessed to be part of the Buffalo Bills organization and to have their support. We also want to thank Coach Taylor and the Bengals for everything they've done. Your generosity and compassion mean the world to us. Please keep DeMar in your prayers. We will release updates as soon as we have them. Thank you, the Hamlin family. Coley Harvey has been at the hospital since last night gathering news. Coley, what do we know about the status of Hamlin right now? Laura, we know essentially what you just referenced, and that is the fact that DeMar Hamlin is still in critical condition. What we can tell you as well is, according to the Buffalo Bills, in a statement released uh, earlier this afternoon, Hamlin was taken into the ICU last night when he arrived at University of Cincinnati Medical Center, and he remains in the ICU. That is according to a statement from the team. We've also heard not just from the family and from the Bills, but also even from the Bengals, who released a statement via owner Mike Brown earlier today, and he commented on something that you just referenced from the family, and that is the first responders, those medical responders on the field who administered the care immediately to uh, to DeMar Hamlin, giving him that CPR that was so crucial with this particular injury. And um, according to Mike Brown's statement, he says his medical personnel undertook extraordinary measures. Both teams res demonstrated respect and compassion while fans in the stadium and people around the country bolstered the support for DeMar and the love for each other. And that's the sentiment that we've been gathering all throughout these last 16, 18 or so hours since uh, since this injury occurred. What has the scene been like at the hospital today as we continue to wait for the next update? 
Uh, it has begun to pick up. Uh, we've been out here again all, all night last night, all morning today. It was pouring rain earlier this morning, so you didn't really see the same response that we saw last night in terms of the fans showing up to, uh, to pay some level of respect. That is beginning to happen. We're starting to see a tribute uh, just a, about a block or so this way from uh, from where I'm standing right now. It's that's beginning to grow. Uh, a few fans were actually out at 3 p.m. Eastern holding a moment of silence uh, for DeMar Hamlin. They also said a prayer at that moment. And I've been told that at 8.55 p.m. Eastern tonight, which is the same time when DeMar went down on the field, uh, that fans are going to hold a candlelight vigil as they continue to try to lift him up. They're going to do that just a, another block or so, like I said, down from where I'm standing right now. And we'll be monitoring that and seeing just how uh, how many people turn out because, again, the rain has stopped. Uh, it's a lot clearer right now. Uh, just quickly, I want to also add last night, I had a chance to see Bills receiver Stefan Diggs coming in right here at this corner in an Uber. And I actually helped him walk towards the emergency room because he didn't know exactly where to go. And as he told me and later told a police officer who kind of had to question both of us as he as he was trying to make his entrance, he said, look, I'm frustrated right now. We need answers. We want to know what's going on with our teammate. That's our brother. And uh, eventually the police officer let him through. And so I can tell you that Stefan Diggs did get a chance to go into the hospital. But as we also know, the Bills are back in Buffalo today. The support for Hamlin worldwide, thanks to Coley Harvey from the latest there. And we'll check back in with you if anything happens. Hamlin went to high school in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, played his college ball at Pitt. Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin, as you see there, had a personal relationship with Hamlin. He spoke about that today. It's about uh, DeMar Hamlin. Um, man, it's a really personal thing for me, uh, being a Pittsburgher. And that young man being a Pittsburgh, I've known that guy probably since he was about 12. Um, just got a lot of respect and love for him as a human being. Um, his commitment to the pursuit of his uh, goals and dreams of doing what it is he's doing right now, which is playing in the NFL. And to watch him make personal decisions and, and, and make that a realization, um, it's just an honor to get to know young people like that. I um, had an opportunity to express that to him whenever I see him. We've played. Buffalo um, each of the last two seasons and he and I get to have a moment um, because it's just cool to 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 not only appreciate these guys in terms of where they are now but to to know them since they were younger people and to to watch their maturation their development to watch them um, you know earn what they've been chasing um, it's just really a, a cool thing and he's an example of that I got a lot of love for that young man we lifted here him and that organization up in prayer. Dan Orlovsky and Marcus Spears with us. Dan, what was it like for you watching all of this unfold last night? Uh, yeah, so last night I was traveling back from a college football game and uh, in the airport in RC, Ryan Clark uh, FaceTimed me. And I was like, man, why is RC? I wasn't there on television, FaceTime me. And, he, and I answered the phone and he's like, bro, DeMar Hamlin just collapsed in the, in the game. And I was like, what do you mean, on the sidelines or something? He's like, no. And he explained the events of what happened. And I'm sitting there going, like, thinking, like, what are you talking about, R.C.? Like, I've never heard this when it comes to a football game. So I'm si And I see R.C.'s, like, facial expressions and the way he's speaking, and immediately I knew this is different. You know, mm -hmm. this, this was very real to R.C. And so after chatting for a little bit, I'm like, all right, got to find my way to a television. And um, as I got to the television, 
guys, and, and like my initial thought was like, he'll be okay. He's a football player. Right? He, he's he's going to be okay. And then as I watched, um, as I watched like the teammates' reactions, like I thought of the locker room, and I thought of, you know, the relationships that football builds. And thinking how football, for everything that is, it's just so different. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's just so, um, those people that you share the locker room with, um, it's a, a different relationship than basically any you have in your life outside of maybe your, your spouse. Mm. You're, you, you're, it's, you're tested through more. You've been through more together. Um, you share so many similar goals and dreams and aspirations. You've come from so many similar different like challenges and when you what like when when you see the teammates reaction when I saw the teammates reaction I thought to myself like that's one of them mm -hmm. like that's one of theirs it's you almost feel like it's you it's, you almost feel like that's my brother and even though it's not your family you feel like it is there's 1500 guys in the NFL out of 8 billion people on the planet and you think, man, that's my son. And um, I think that, like, for football players, nothing scares us, you know, because you're, the routine of being, of being a football player takes fear and doubt away. Mm. And watching that and watching the players, it was so scary to see how like, emotionally scared they were mm. of what was taking place for DeMar and on the field. And it was... Um, it was, a, it was a lot to take in, certainly for me from far away. Yeah, I, I've been talking about this. I've been on television. I, I just keep coming back to his family. I mean, initially, you know, you're trying to, in your mind, you know you got to come in to work and you know that you're going to be talking about these topics and producers are texting you the night and while all of these things are trans, transpiring and, and mentally, all I kept thinking about was, I'm glad his mom is there, but I'm terrified for her. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I text my mom, and my dad called me very emotional, crying, because, and apologizing for pushing me towards a dream that I had, and apologizing for saying I, I was too hard on you. Mm. And the sobering reality of it all is what Dan just alluded to is that we don't think about mortality until we stare it in the face. And I think for everybody that has watched this transpire, everybody that was watching last night, listening to us and whatever other outlets are talking about this, and this is a human story. Mm -hmm. It's in the NFL, but I've seen CNN, I've seen Fox, I've seen ABC, I've seen DeMar Hamlin name has reverberated from the human condition as opposed to being football. Now it's close to us because we sit here every day and we have a good time we talk and we laugh and we talk football and we talk about all of the things that it takes in order to be good. Yeah. But ultimately where I am right now is with his family that is sitting in a hospital waiting to find out if he's going to walk out of there. Mm. And that's the hardest part for me. And we're not DeMar Hamlin's family, but one of the things that always comes to mind with football is family. And you like both it. have said yeah. that so well. And I, I think that's where the sentiments are coming from across the globe. Of course, 
he is most important, his family and what happens here is most important. There are much less important things that are a part of this story. We're also going to address those. And that, for that, we bring in Adam Schefter now with a little bit more. Adam, what can you tell us about the decisions that the NFL has made today? Laura, the NFL never was going to play this game last night and it announced today in a memo that Commissioner Goodell sent out to the executives and the head coaches on all 32 teams that this game is not being resumed this week. That was the way it was phrased this week. Now, that doesn't mean they couldn't make it up at some point in time, but it certainly doesn't sound like they will. It doesn't sound like it's good karma to go do that. I think the league understands that. And right now, the league is saying for the time being that the week 18 schedule that was adjusted yesterday stands and those games currently are scheduled to be played. So if we're talking from just a football perspective, which is totally separate than the hopes and prayers that every single person has for DeMar Hamlin, yes, this game from last night is not being played again this week. Yes, the games this week are scheduled to go on, and we will see how this all unfolds in the coming days. Well said, Adam. As you said, football doesn't really seem to matter at this point, and we'll continue to cover the human, Damar Hamlin, and what happens here. More to come, and our coverage of Damar continues ahead, where we'll be joined by a cardiologist who will tell us what positive progress could look like for Hamlin in the coming days. More NFL Live on the way. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Reaction, as you see here, has poured in from around the NFL in support of DeMar Hamlin, who suffered a medical emergency during last night's football game. The NFL community also addressed the news this afternoon. Well, it's concern for DeMar's family and his uh, loved one, uh, his teammates that entire Bills organization, and really the Bengals as well. They were so much a, a part of it there. It was special to see him uh, be have available the emergency care that he had. And as it turns out, and as we know more, that care could uh, uh, very well have been a difference maker. I'm so proud of everyone involved. Everybody's immediate care went to exactly where it should be, and that is... Uh, for him and, and his family and uh, his teammates. And it's, yeah, you, uh, it puts everything in perspective that, you know, you come, you come uh, back to work and you have a loss that you're really upset about and you're, and you're, and you're thinking about that. And then something like that happens at night and just puts 
puts everything in perspective of how, you know, you know, it's just this, these players put their bodies on the line and first thought is obviously for the kid, uh, he's okay. Um, and then you want to check on your guys that, that know him at the end of the day, I just hope and pray that, that DeMar's okay. And, uh, that the people that are close to him are okay. And, uh, and that, that he'll, he'll fight through this and, and, and get up from this. And that, uh, you know, that, that, like I said, everybody that, that knows him and loves him, um, uh, can be comforted at this time. The Bengals released the following statement. First and foremost, the Bengals continue to send thoughts and prayers to DeMar Hamlin and his family. Our hearts are with everyone in this unprecedented time. What we can do is support one another. Last night was supposed to be a great night for the NFL and a great showcase for our hometown. Instead, the human side of our sport became paramount. And in that moment, humanity and love rose to the forefront. As medical personnel undertook extraordinary measures, both teams demonstrated respect and compassion, while fans in the stadium and people around the country bolstered the support for DeMar and the love for each other. The Bengals are thankful for the love and compassion shown by all, praying for DeMar. For more on the health of Hamlin, we bring in Dr. Jennifer Haith, a cardiologist at Columbia. And Dr. Haith, we saw what looked like a standard football play. It quickly became an emergency situation that led to extensive administering of CPR. Describe what you saw. Uh, like everybody, I think I, I saw what appeared to be a, a pretty strong tackle. Uh, and then uh, a player that stood up and the young man who then fell over and uh, quickly needed medical attention. Everything we've heard so far would suggest that uh, he had some kind of a cardiac event that resulted in a cardiopulmonary arrest and that he needed CPR to be administered right away. What were the first responders seeing that led to DeMar being resuscitated and eventually sedated? So when, when you approach someone who uh, collapses, in general, the recommendation is, you know, call 911, feel for a pulse. If there's no evidence of pulse or the patient's not breathing, you start CPR. And like I said earlier today, uh, it's really important to do any kind of CPR. Hands-only CPR is recommended. You don't need to do mouth-to-mouth. -mouth. Just start hands-only CPR to try to, you know, continue to have blood flow with oxygen being delivered to the brain. Once uh, a heart rhythm was restored whether or not they used a defibrillator has never been made public or, or clear at this point but in other cases a defibrillator can be used once a rhythm is restored that is a really good sign in the setting of someone having a cardiac arrest they're not breathing on their own and so it's very common for ems to put a breathing tube into someone's trachea and start ventilating them when that happens, patients are sedated so that they're not in any discomfort. Yeah, that's an important clarification on the sedation. Thank you, Dr. Haith, for that. And what are the immediate concerns for someone in Hamlin's situation? So the, the main concerns when someone has a cardiac arrest like this is how long were they down? How long before CPR was started? Was the CPR that was delivered effective? and how quickly was a rhythm restored. All of that plays into the biggest, uh, the biggest thing, which is your brain, right? So what is his brain function? Was there any neurologic damage to his brain because of lack of blood flow? And if, you know, he could get very good care in the hospital afterwards to try to maximize uh, any kind of neurologic recovery. The other thing that we don't know is, was there some kind of underlying heart problem 
that led to this? Uh, was this some kind of a freak you know, accident? People have talked about this type of thing that can happen when there's a blunt trauma to the chest. Um, was it that? Was there an underlying undiagnosed medical problem? So I'm sure that the doctors in Cincinnati are doing an extensive evaluation. Is his heart okay? Has his heart recovered? Is his brain function okay? So they're going to start to look at all of these things. We understand it may take some time, but what are some signs of progress that we, who aren't experts on any of this, can look out for in the next update? Uh, we're going to look for signs of, you know, is he moving his arms and legs? Is he opening his eyes when they lighten sedation? Can he communicate by blinking or does he try to talk with a tube in? Uh, are they able to remove the breathing tube and have him, you know, talk or communicate with his family? Those are all going to be signs of, you know, progress from a neurologic and cardiac standpoint. Thanks again for this perspective. Dr. Jennifer Hafe, a cardiologist no at Columbia. We appreciate you. Our coverage of DeMar Hamlin continues after the break. Adam Schefter joins us again with the latest from the league, plus a live report from Buffalo. Stay with us. What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. They have over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tackle. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Welcome back to NFL Live and our continued coverage of DeMar Hamlin's medical emergency during last night's game in Cincinnati. Hamlin's family spokesperson, Jordan Rooney, addressed the situation with Robin Roberts on Good Morning America this morning. I can't speak specifically on his medical condition. I will say is that, you know, he's fighting. He's a fighter. Um, you know, I, I felt like in the moment it, there needed to be some clarity that, you know, he, he was at a he was awake at that time and um, now he's sedated. So. Um, you know, the family's in good spirits. We're honestly just taking it minute by minute, hour by hour. And, and talk more about his family. How, how are they holding up right now, Jordan? 
Yeah, I mean, his, I mean, his family's remarkable. I mean, they, they are a tremendous group of people. Um, they're strong. I mean, they're, they're supportive. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they're obviously they're worried. Um, DeMar's very close with his family. For more now, we bring in Jeremy Fowler in Buffalo, as well as Adam Schefter. Jeremy, we start with you. What do we know about the status of Hamlin right now? Well, Laura, I've spoken to people with the Bills organization and a representative of DeMar Hamlin, and they say that there are no major updates as of right now, but they continue to pray, to wait, and to be encouraged, and they are hopeful that no news today is good news, knowing that the next few days will be critical in his development. Now, the team had a team meeting today around noon. Players were there. I was told that the focus was solely on DeMar Hamlin. They really didn't care about all the ancillary football stuff and then recently we saw a prayer visual just to my left here at Highmark Stadium about 150 Bills fans commenced and prayed out loud Jill Kelly the wife of Bills great Jim Kelly was at the center of it Wow and you know we also did hear from Coley Harvey that they're going to have a prayer vigil outside the hospital where Hamlin is currently too in Cincinnati. Adam obviously the health of Hamlin top priority right now but there is the issue of what the suspension of the game means for the NFL schedule in the coming days. It's certainly secondary but what did the NFL decide there? Lord is secondary but Commissioner Roger Goodell sent a memo today to the executives and head coaches on all 32 teams to let them know that this game was not being resumed this week. There were people who actually wondered whether this could happen. No, it's not happening. They are putting aside this game. The league right now is planning to play the rest of the upcoming Week 18 schedule as it is at this moment. Of course, plans always could change, but that's where it was this morning in the memo that Goodell sent to all teams but obviously, first and foremost, all thoughts and prayers are with DeMar Hamlin. Jeremy, any sense of how the Bills feel about that decision? Yeah, Laura, the people I've spoken to are a little skeptical that there's a way to get the game in. It would take a lot of maneuvering by Commissioner Roger Goodell and the office in New York because you're coming on week 18. You're going to play those games as scheduled, as Adam mentioned. After that, you're pushed against the wild card. You know, I've talked to some people who say maybe you can move the wild card games back a few days or you can go into that Super Bowl week where you have that that week buffer before the game. But all that's difficult to do. And so, you know, the players clearly are are focused on DeMar Hamlin a lot more than they are the game. You know, talking to some Bills people, they, they've had a tough time really discussing any sort of scenarios or anything about football. I got somebody on the phone today who, who was, you know, rather emotional and said, look, that I'm just believing in the power of prayer right now. There's really nothing else to say. Yeah, at this point, it, it does feel like the game just doesn't matter, to be totally frank. And uh, we've all said that. Thanks to Jeremy. Thanks to Adam. Guys, Tuesdays on NFL Live, usually we have Ryan Clark sitting with us at this desk. Unfortunately, he had a prior commitment this week. But Ryan was able to join Scott Van Pelt last night and provided some powerful insight into what we witnessed. Listen to this. The first thing, this is, this, um, this is about DeMar Hamlin. Mm -hmm. And um, it's about a young man at 24 years old that was living his dream that a few hours ago was getting ready to play the biggest game of his NFL career, and there's probably nowhere else in the world he wanted to be. And now he fights for his life. And when DeMar Hamlin falls to the turf and when you see the medical staff rush to the field and both teams are on the field, you realize this isn't normal. You realize this isn't just football. And so many times 
in this game and in, in our job as well, we use the cliches, you know, I'm ready to die for this. I'm willing to give my life for this. It's, it's time to go to war. And I think sometimes we use those things so much, we forget that part of living this dream is putting your life at risk. And tonight, you know, we got to see a side of football that is extremely ugly, a side of football that no one ever, that side of football that no one ever wants to see mm -hmm. or never wants to admit exists. When you see both teams on the field crying in that way, your first thought is DeMar Hamlin. Yep. The second thought is his family. And this isn't about a football player, right? This is about a human. This is about a brother. This is about a son. This is about a friend. This is about someone who is loved by so many that you have to watch go through this. I, um, I dealt with this before and I watched my teammates for days come to my hospital bed and just cry. I had them call me and tell me that they didn't think I was gonna make it. And now this team has to deal with that and they have no answers. Mm -hmm. And so the next time I think that we get upset at our favorite fantasy player <laughs> or we're, we're upset that the, the guy on our team doesn't make the play and we're saying he's worthless and we're saying you get to make all this money, we should remember that these men are putting their lives on the line to live their dream. And tonight, DeMar Hamlin's dream became a nightmare for not only himself, but his family and his entire team. You know, just for a moment there, as you see RC's tweet, he said the next snap of football will be one of the scariest snaps we've ever watched. I do want to take time to say that RC is like a brother to us. So to watch him so eloquently handle an impossible situation last night, we commend you, RC, and you continue to impress us with everything that you do. Awful, awful, all the way across the board, but handled it so well. And, and I've heard it from every former football player today. You accept the risks when you play in the NFL. Yeah. I, I want to explore that idea for a minute because how much does a young football player actually weigh those risks and maybe even the severity of these specific risks that we are unfortunately addressing today? A, a young player, listen, you're aware of them. We know what the game is. Um, I think like the reality for young players is from a very early age of starting to play football, you're taught how important like being physically and mentally tough is physically and mentally strong. And just the brutal reality is like, if you're not, you can't make it in the NFL, mm -hmm. you know? And so like, as a young player, you think that's the most important thing. Cause if it's not, I don't have a career. And then I think like the reality is over the years of playing this game, you start to do really hard things like things that you physically and mentally like didn't think you were capable of. And you start to prove to yourself like, oh, I could do all these hard things, right? You, I, I could do the things that I didn't think I was capable of. And it gives you this belief of um, like invincibility. I, I could do anything, you yeah. know, like I'm, I'm Superman. And the injury stuff and the fear of injury, I feel becomes like so much less and less and less as the years go because you prove to yourself in many ways and like again to your own mind, I could do those hard things. I could do those things that hurt all that training and preparation. And while you're aware of um, the potential of it, you somehow, some way become so um, consumed with like the, almost the, the draw to do difficult things that you don't think anything can stop you. Yeah. You know, and that's, um, one of the reasons why guys make it in the NFL and one of the reasons why guys don't. Yeah, you get desensitized to a lot of human elements. 
Um, you know, we we used to, we joked about this when we played. You get a high ankle sprain in football, you rehabbing in two days. Mm. You get it working a normal job, you got six weeks paid leave. Mm. Right. Right. And and not not to make light of the situation, but I, I'm gonna go into my home because I was speaking to my wife and she was checking on me last night. Um, and it's funny how people will check on us as yeah. former players, right? And I'm in my mind is solely on Demar, but. We have a 13-year-old son, and we talk about BMB. We show June highlight playing football every Monday on this show. And um, our real conversations that we had for that one year that he played football, my wife was terrified. Yeah. Yeah. And before he was born, when she knew <laughs> we were having a boy, before he was born, she was like, he's not playing football. And I was like, well, why would you say that? Right? Like, uh, in my mind, I'm like, if he pushes me, and he tells me he wants to play, I'm going to allow him to play. But he's going to actually understand what comes with this game. And I think that's the difference. I think that's the conflict that parents are, have been going through and based on this are going to go through, yeah. right? When you're having these conversations with your six or seven-year-old and they looking at their favorite player and they looking at these guys play on Sunday and they see the enjoyment of the game, it is our responsibility even more so to let them know what the risks are, but also allow them to chase that dream if yeah. they want to. And I, it's I, difficult. I want to quickly go back to RC's actual tweet saying the next snap of football we see will be the scariest. I, I feel that we're going to be doing a game on Saturday, a week 18 yeah. game between the Chiefs and the Raiders. That'll be the first time that we see football again played at the NFL level mm. and I'm trying to grapple with what it's going to be like and maybe even the cringe factor of thinking, I just hope everyone's going to be okay. And I obviously never played the game. Yeah, the, the a fear. It's a very real fear. It's an unknown. You know, like, I sit here right now and I'm emotional, you know, yeah. about it. You know, like, I, I watch RC from last night and he's emotional. And honestly, like, I've been emotional a couple times today. I don't know Damar. You know, I don't know him, you know, but I, I feel like I do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, like, when you watch that last night, again, that bond of football, it's like, I know that guy. Um, that could be my son one day. Like, that could be you. Yeah. That could have been RC, you know? Like, in that, that um, very real relationship that you build in that game is so unique that, like, the game of football, while scary and dangerous, it builds those bonds that you can't really fabricate in anything else. And that's why like the emotional attachment for ex players or guys that are still playing is so real because you sit there and you think like, why him? Mm -hmm. and, like why, why that guy? And even though you don't know him, you feel like part of you is there with him. Um, part of you is there with his family watching this and it feels like your brother is down on the ground. And I, I just like, it's a very difficult thing as an ex-player. Because Marcus, you mentioned like, it's our job to like, make everyone aware of the realities, but it's so hard unless you're in it. In it. Mm. Like it's so hard unless you're in it, you know? And um, you become calloused to the reality of it in a good way. Um, and this was just like the, uh, the very real exposure of some of the, the real aspects of it. 
I think maybe it's a complicated reality. There's some glory and beauty to this game that we all love and that we celebrate and that I think we prop up, but yet you watch something like this that none of us have seen before, and it is a stark and very harsh reality. Our coverage of DeMar Hamlin continues ahead. Keyshawn Johnson joins us with insight on what it's like to be on the field as a player during a situation similar to last night. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. My whole life has been, I've just always wanted to make it to this position to be able to give back to the people that are coming from where, I, where I'm coming from, you know. So my first step getting, getting out of college, you know, I always just wanted to be able to give back. And I've seen a great opportunity, um, you know, it was around Christmas time. Um, I just had finished up with Pitt, and the first thing I wanted to do was do the toy drive. And, um, you know, it was a great success. It was something that we did shorthanded. I definitely feel like um, this year coming up will be a lot better than last year, but it was a it was amazing turnout. Um, it was over $5,000 donated and so many toys. Everyone in my community was able to come out, get at least two to three gifts, um, and, and just be able to just uh, just have a great Christmas. You know, that's, that's, that's what I really wanted to do. That was DeMar Hamlin talking about the toy drive he created in Pittsburgh that he hoped would continue to grow. As you can see there, the, the support has poured out for him. The GoFundMe page set up for that toy drive surpassed $4.75 million this afternoon. Incredible to see the NFL community and honestly the community worldwide come together. He still has his foundation, the Chasing M's Foundation, that all of this money is going to. And obviously, this is a very rare occurrence to see a player down on the field like this with a medical emergency during a game, but it has happened before. Lions linebacker Reggie Brown suffered a spinal cord injury in the 1997 game that left him unable to breathe. Players, as you see there, gathered around as he was treated on the field. And in fact, our Keyshawn Johnson was on the field when the play happened. He joins us now. Key, what was it like to be on the field and see that in real time? You know, Laura, it was it was very frightening and scary, uh, especially given the fact that you knew that CPR had been uh, given. And so now you're sitting there and you're trying to, to figure out and gather your thoughts in your mind. And Reggie was also a friend. Um, so it really became scary. You didn't know everything that was taking place. You you realize, okay, uh, 
they're 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 giving him CPR. Something's going on there. Okay, they they're putting him on the gurney. They're they're moving him back into the ambulance. They're taking the ambulance off the field, and so something good is happening as we see it. But you still didn't know because you knew he wasn't breathing at the time, and it was it was one of those frightening moments. I mean, it was it was scary. And I'm young at this time now. This is we're talking about 1997. I'm only second year in the league. Um, the only thing I could think of is the, the worst. I wasn't thinking, uh, that's all I could think of. Being out on the field was the worst thing that could possibly happen. Yeah, and imagining that you're thinking in that frame of mind, in this instance, they decided to resume the game. So what was that like, trying to get back on the field and play football after witnessing something like that? You know, Laura, it was very difficult. Um, this was a situation uh, for the playoffs, if we win, we get into the playoffs. Detroit wins, they get into the playoffs. But in, in once they resume play, about I would say probably three, maybe four plays in, they throw me the football and I completely drop it. My hands, I, I think I put my hand up and that was pretty much it. My mind was, my mind wasn't even there. I was focused in on something totally different. What just happened, you know, minutes before, and it's just one of those deals where. You try to gather yourself. You try to get your mind back right. And I remember walking to the sideline, and my, my teammates are just, you know, coaches and teammates saying, shake it off, don't worry, just shake it off, don't shake it off. And I'm sitting there saying to myself, no, there's no shaking off anything right now because the only thing I thought about at that point in time as they resume the game is me getting hit. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, Key, it's such fascinating perspective and so instructive when you think about the mental health side of this for everyone involved. It is worth pointing out, too, that Reggie Brown did regain use of his legs. He went on to spend some time working for the Lions before coaching football at a local high school. Thanks to Keyshawn Johnson for joining us here with all the latest on his personal experience around this. Our coverage of DeMar Hamlin continues after the break. More coming from the guys here, and we continue to update you as we wait for more updates. Also, a nice tribute in Buffalo, where Niagara Falls will be lit in blue lights as DeMar Hamlin stays in everyone's thoughts and prayers in western New York. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. We were just playing a few games at my house, and um, all of a sudden we saw the ambulance go on the field, and you know it's bad when the ambulance comes on the field, so uh, um, we're just you know praying for him, and you know hopefully he makes a speedy recovery. So uh, uh, our thoughts are with him, and that's all we can do is pray for him right now. It's one of those 
things that puts things into perspective. You know, as a player on the team, you, you you think that, you know, this is everything, football is everything. But once you start talking about life or death, it really just shows how insignificant football can be when something like this goes on. So I'm really just praying for him and his family. You know, I can't imagine what they must be going through right now. And you just want them to be okay. You know what I mean? This is something you never want to see on the NFL or happen to really anybody for that matter. So it just prayers up to him. You know, had an opportunity to, you know, you know, discuss this, how everybody's feeling. I think guys are, you know, they understand, you know, the, the, um, the severity, you know, of this. They understand the, the game and, and, and what we love, um, you know, and sometimes things that you love the most and that can give you the most can also take the most away. Powerful words there from Mike Vrabel, Dan Orlovsky and Marcus Spears still here. And both of you are fathers of sons who love to play sports. You, you talked about it a little bit earlier, but there's a lot more here. As you assess their futures, the idea of football being a part of them, and you heard Vrabel setting the table there, mm -hmm. being a father and being a parent of a son yeah. or even a daughter who plays sports, but specifically football. How does it make you feel? Well, my wife was out. My wife, Aisha Spears, was out. She was like, I'm having a boy. He's not playing football. That was literally the conversation. And I found myself in a very difficult spot because I know how bad I wanted to play. And I, my mother had apprehension. Yeah. My mom turned me on to football because it was a way for discipline. Hmm. That's how I started playing football. That was the reason she had to work late and football practice went long enough by the time she got off in order for me to for her to be home when I got home. That's how it started. My dad was solely focused on if this is what you're going to do, you're going to get everything out of it. Yeah. And um, I think when, when my son came along, I took the same mentality. If he really wants to play and he pushes for it, I can't stand in the way of him thinking that that's his dream and that's what he wanted to do. When he came to us and said he didn't want to play football in with all due respect, I was so relieved. I felt a burden lifted off because it was a conversation that I didn't have to have with him about these are the, now anything can happen in sports now. We've seen, but the risk, which we don't, to your point, Dio, think about when it's us. <laughs> if anybody asked me, people have asked me, like why doesn't June play football? My response is always, I did so he don't have to. Yeah. Hmm. Literally. And he was able to make his own decision that he didn't want to. Absolutely. But, but you're right. It's totally different, I would imagine, when it's your children. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, football gave me everything. You know, and I think even through the midst of absolute tragedy last night, I think you saw some of the beauty of football mm -hmm. as well, that it's brought us all here together. Um, you know, like, this is a little bit different. I heard... I've heard it all day, like thoughts and prayers. And you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him. And I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say, like, we believe in prayer. And maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want to, it's just on my heart that I want to pray for it is. DeMar Hamlin right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that you're God and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're 
sad, we're angry, um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray, truly come to you, and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 It's beautiful. Respectfully. We will continue to cover this story. We'll continue to bring you all the updates that we have. And as usual, we'll see you tomorrow on NFL Live. I'll just reiterate how secondary football is in all of this. We are thinking and praying, as you've seen here, for DeMar Hamlin and his family and truly hoping for some better Stop news. Deal.